Hello people, it's Mike Drop here with episode 50 of the Solvent Records podcast and I think I've been saying since about episode 40 that we do something special for this milestone episode and as you can see I'm not behind the decks, I'm here in the Hospital Records studio talking to the head honcho, Mr Chris Goss. Thank you for coming Chris. Absolute pleasure, I have braved the heat, Yeah, uh, it was a little <laughs> bit intense getting here. I got on the hottest bus I think I've ever been on. Well, I'm glad you made it. <laughs> Thank you very much. Um, so bef- just before we start, um, just got to gas it up a little bit because, um, you know, as a, as a Hospital Records fan, my first Hospital Records CD was ho- Hospital Mix number one for like five pounds in like... 2001. 2001. High contrast, make it tonight, first track. Um, if CDs could get worn out, I think that would be um, <laughs> worn out. So, I mean, it's, you know, real privilege for me to be here um, to, to talk to you. I should also say, Flavor D said to me when we first met her, and she came down to like talk about signing some project from her. She was like, first ever drone bass CD I bought, Hospital Mix One. There you go. So you're in good company. I'm in esteemed company. Excellent. <laughs> um, so, yeah, obviously we're talking about the big news, which is Solvent Meets Hospital. Um, Chris has uh, selected some of his favourites from the uh, remix project we've got coming out very soon, which will be on the 29th of July. Um, We're also going to talk a bit about the history um, of Solvent and things that kind of got us to this point and and reasons for the the merger or partnership. Um, So, yeah, Chris, you know, you're in a unique position. You've got unique perspective, um, being Joe's uncle and everything. So just, just talk to me a little bit about you know, your views on, on, on Solvent as a kind of, I want to say, outside is not the right word, but um, <laughs> connected person or interested party, I suppose. Yeah, I mean, I guess, you know, inevitably Solvent is something that I followed very closely. Mm. Um, and crucially, before, before Solvent came into being, there was a label called Discus. And Discus was this sort of ragtag collective of mates, kind of, in a chaotically wanting to just do stuff. Mm. Love drum and bass, want to put out music, want to do parties, want to do t-shirts. And uh, so, you know, this would be going back probably, I don't know, 10 years, maybe 11 years. Mm. Uh, I would find myself going to Leightonstone, to the Red Lion, uh, to my sister-in-law's local pub to meet up with like, Jack and Joe and Liam and Kyle and Ryan and whoever else could like get in the door and put their hand up for a Cronenberg <laughs> and sit around a table and go, so what what are you lot trying to do? And like and like twelve and every, people talking to you at once. Every, literally that, right? Everyone's like, oh no, 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 but Chris, bruv, bruv. And like, like, oh, like just okay, one at a time. What and so what are you gonna do next? And have you got a logo? And who's in ch- like but it was um in a way, it was lovely to see just this raw energy and intent. Mm. Um, not really a great many ideas about how they were going to achieve what they thought they wanted to achieve, but this definitive desire to do something, to contribute, to be involved, to be a part of something. And I get that. I totally get that. I, you know, I, 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 I get the, the passion and the intent. And, you know... So me just sort of going out to East London on a fairly regular basis just to sit down with the guys and just share some ideas and give them a little bit of advice and encourage them more than anything. I didn't want to tell them what to do. I might tell them what not to do. Mm. Um, but to see them, you know, passionate about new artists, you know, new drum and bass music, 
try and work out how they were going to find a venue to do a party. All the, all the regular kind of stuff that many of us have been through before. And it was, you know, it was great. But I, I think a lot of us could see that it had a rel- relative sort of shelf life because there were just too many voices and not enough clarity about who was doing what and where it was going to go. But what mattered was, was out of the ashes of discus emerged the solvent, which initially was this trio of Joe, Jack and Liam. Which, of course, a uh, couple of years later, you got involved in that and gave them a little bit of uh, common sense, particularly <laughs> when it comes to, let's be honest, when it comes to like figures. And some of the, let's be honest, some of the boring stuff. Yeah, yeah. The, because most of the people yeah. that you and I know, know in drum and bass of any age, like, mm. do they want to talk to you about royalty accounting? No, I think there wouldn't have been a spot for me if, if anyone of those guys could sort of count or do a spreadsheet. Um, but it's way more than that. <laughs> like you do, you do yourself a disservice. It's way more than that, and it's and it's it's someone has to say like you know for hospital you know initially this Craig Dawson he's one mm. of our uh, directors because he was someone that was like look I am going to dedicate myself to the finance side of this company mm. and that's essentially what you did mm. and they were very lucky for that because none of the three of them had the first clue about finance or royalty accounting in the same way that neither do I. <laughs> I know the basics. Mm. But at that point, you know, that that's also a sort of key point at which, you know, as a group of friends or a group of colleagues, you know, you start to, I think, hopefully, find your feet, mm. feel a bit more bit more professional, a little bit more sensible, like, okay, you know, we've got the creative covered, we, we're doing well with the promo marketing, we're learning about these aspects, but also if we've got a keen sense of the financial and we can learn about the paperwork, we've sort of got all the basics covered. And that's an essential forward-thinking attitude about if you really want to grow something, if you really want your your label, your brand, your logo to be something. Um, so I think I think in many ways the boys were, were lucky that they had that grounding in discus. Mm. To get the feet wet, make a bunch of mistakes, learn the things they didn't want to do, and it really informed how they then evolved into this new label, which you know it's remarkable to me. This eight years ago, but of course when they started and they had this sort of second wave, you know I was keen to just you know um, get their ear and see how they were getting on, and um, if if possible, continue to offer a you know useful bit of advice here and there. And from that early sort of 12 months, 12, 18 months, I think it quite quickly emerged that the A&R side of things was really coming together. You know, from a very early Harry Bry zone <laughs> to someone like Ben B-Motion. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just in the literally the first handful of singles. Yeah. And it felt like, it just felt like a real step up for me. And... I just wanted to see if, and this is ju- this is purely as a just as a as a fan and a family member, just to sort of in that first year, first second year, to try and keep encouraging encouraging them, offering the hopefully the right level of input where they might need it, but nonetheless ensure that I didn't want to get in the way. Mm. Just kind of go, yeah, look, I think you're doing well. I think you're doing well. But have you thought of this or have you thought of that? And you know. It emerged to the point where, realistically, they, then they do a compilation album and a couple of EPs, and then you get a Polar and Bryson album, and you stop for a minute. You think, 
This label is really finding its feet. This label is this label is finding a sound. It's actually got a small, cool roster, and these are these are elements that I identify with from my own early stages with Tony of doing hospital. So I, I get it. I really mm. get it. And uh, I, I was proud of how they navigated those first two or three years mm. and got themselves to a point where you could see this could really go somewhere. And, and as part of the preparation for this show, you, you picked for us some uh, solvent backcat tunes that, um, yeah. that mean a lot to you. And the first one uh, that you've picked is from SV003. Um, it's the B-side from B-Motion, it's called Reflections. Yeah. Why, why, is that, why did that one stick out for you? I suppose on the one hand, like, you know, I remember, I remember it being one of the first things, I mean, the third thing on the label that mm. made me sort of sit up and just feel that here was, here was a label really contributing something original and something that mattered. I didn't know anything about Ben. Um, I really love the single. I really like the B-side. There's always something satisfying about loving the B-side. Mm. I don't know why. It's a slightly yeah. obtuse thing as a fan or a, an A&R guy or something. But um, And in a way, that was kind of like, if you like, it's kind of endorsed when in working towards this remix project. Fred V very specifically said to me, I want to re remix Reflections by mm. B-Motion. I'm like, yes, absolutely. I've, I've got I've got some questions about the process at which <laughs> at which you, you have to go through to arrive yeah. at such a, a such a complicated and and monumental um, project, which we'll we'll get onto later. But I feel like um, you know for people that maybe don't or haven't been through the Solvent Backcat, um, we're going to play B Motion Reflections for you now. So I hope you enjoy it. Yeah.
Yeah, so so B motion reflections. Uh, I really like the uh, drum work on that. I think mm-hmm. it sounds quite organic. Um, and you know, to hear, to hear it get the uh, remix treatment on the uh, on the remix albums is, is is quite special. It's also got just it's also got its own sort of unique musicality to it, which I think mm. makes it kind of stand out. You know, for like a very young emerging producer at that time, I don't know if it was his first single or second single on Solvent, yeah. But you know, but like just you know. That's when you start getting excited about an artist. You're like, mm. okay, they've really got something. We really need to like, you know, keep an eye on that. Shouldn't be that good at the, the second <laughs> yeah. second time of asking. Um, we were talking off air just a minute ago about you know, B Motion moving on to Viper and and John and Tom Galaxy and, yeah. and Jack and Harry, um, you know, moving on to Shogun. And I guess the the sort of instant reaction that um, <laughs> we had at the time, or, or the guys had at the time, was like, oh, great, <laughs> leaving us leaving us behind. But um, I think as time's gone on, certainly Joe um, started to see that as a bit of an endorsement, really, rather than, yeah. you know, anything negative around it. 100%. You know, I, I can remember talking to him and probably Jack uh, uh, at some length. You know, trust me, I've been in that situation myself. Mm. It, I think it's important to recognize at any point, especially when you are a super young emerging label, that when other really established labels in, in this scene jump in and say, we're right, we're really into this, we really want to work with this artist that you should see that as like confirmation of you doing the right thing you know it's a it's a complete affirmation of quality a and r good energy good intent and sure of course you know probably you'd like to think oh maybe we could have more longevity with the artist but you know when a when a big label turns up and you know like at that point categorically solvent weren't about to be able to invest in one of the young no. artists so we'll give you a three album deal mm. So it's really important to look at it in the other way and think, well, you know what? You know, we are a part of this. We're a fundamental part of this artist's journey. We've been, you know, we've been key in getting them set up. We've been key in releasing their f- first couple of tunes, let alone the first album. And that means something to the reputation of the label, to the profile of the label. And we must feel good about that as we start to continue on our journey to maybe get to the point where maybe we will sign artists ex- exclusively. Um, but to get to that point, you know, you, you have to have some level of legacy, some level of profile, bit of funding behind you, whatever it might be. Mm. And so I think definitely in those early couple of years, maybe those early few years, you should always feel positive about it rather than just pissed off. Because also, what's the point? Life's too short. You yeah. know, like you did, you really, you just did some good stuff over there. Well, you said to me before, it's the, the artist's career is the most important thing, right? Completely. Yeah. Because, because, you know, for any label and I think some labels, I think all of us could do with a little like ref- refresher on that from time to time. But in my opinion, you know, the whole, you know, Tony and I have always believed that the, the reason to have a record label is to nurture and build artists' careers. It's not to restrict artists' careers. It's not to kind of like land grab. It's not to just kind of like try and lock people down. It's because you feel that as a, a team of people or, or an individual or whatever it might be that you have a certain ear, a certain uh, vision um, or path on which you're destined to deliver great creative content. And that should be about building artists careers often building like emerging and like startup 
artist careers. Mm. I mean, you know, High Contrast was a startup artist. So was Danny Bird. So was Netsky. Yeah. Right, you know, um, and whilst we all know, like, you know, they don't come along very often, nonetheless, you know, Degs, Unglued, Lens, Whiny, you know, Polar and Bryson, Galaxy, you look at these artists and they all had to start somewhere. If any label can be a fundamental part of that, you should feel proud. Absolutely. So you, we're talking through the, the Solvent back catalogue. Mm -hmm. um, fast forward a little bit, we get to uh, SV24, which is Polar and Bryson this time last year. Um, that, you know, I think most, I, I think I'll be right in saying most kind of maybe organic Solvent fans around that time were, you know, were drawn in by what they were doing and the kind of splash they were making. And I think that album like, came out just before my sort of direct involvement with the label. And I think naively in one of my first meetings, I said, yeah, it'd be great if we released more artist albums, having no idea <laughs> what, what effort goes into it. Although, you're, although you're absolutely on the money. Well, we, yeah. We've done it now. Yeah, we're, we're, we're getting there now. Um, and and one, of your, one of your picks is, is, is from that. I think, you know, that's, that's fitting. Um, you, you've selected Diamonds Fall featuring Los Contreras, who's, who's a really nice guy, by the yeah, way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I guess at talking about the album as a whole, um, for a bit and then maybe on why Diamonds Fall was your selection I think you know uh, in, in, in the run up in the run up to the album <clears throat> which was what three years into the label mm. so relatively early but of course Polar and Bryson you know Jack Polar is you know he's one of the director owners of the label again you know I guess you know like selfishly for me there's a lot of in some ways a lot of parallels because the first artist album we did was London Electricity which was me and Tony and mm. you know I get that I, it, it makes a lot of sense um, and it was a it was a perfect moment I think on the one hand for Jack and Harry but also for Solvent yeah. so like a real sort of double hander of here is the label continuing to sort of evolve in the intent of what it's doing. It's actually essentially supporting and celebrating one of its own. It enables Jack with Harry to have this platform for like a debut um, artist album, kind of out of nowhere. And that's just a, a perfect coming together of all those positive elements. And it was like a huge shop window for Polar and Bryce and for Solvent. I mean, I think I'm right in saying that, you know, it was released on CD and digital. Yeah. And then it took them a little while to crowdfund to get the vinyl together, which I like. I like the fact that, like, you know, there's like, there's still that very slow, gradual approach of like, maybe we could get the money to like, you know, you look at the, the profile that the guys have now as artists, and it's maybe surprising to think that, but six years ago, it wasn't like that people were still like getting to know who Paul and Bryson are. Yeah. But that's all good. That's exactly like, you know, how, how artist journeys are. Um, and so clearly I think it's a, you know, it's a, it's, it's a super important moment in the, you know, in the growth of the label. Similar for me, similar to say, pull the plug or true colors, mm. you know, one of those albums that like makes you feel like you're really establishing yourself as a brand. You're really, maturing as an A&R team 
your label is is growing in stature and you're actually you know you're offering some significant opportunities to talented artists a real milestone project totally absolutely and you know and it's an album that stands up today and i also remember like you know when it just randomly i can remember you know after it was well no when it's on promo like spy spy kind of ramming is like you know like chris have you had the poland bryson album like yeah of course i have like it's like oh it's amazing i remember he put a tweet out that was like i would sign this if i could you know you know and that's like you know things like that that's you know that's all the endorsement anyone needs you know um so you know i mean i i just you know on behalf of the label you know i just felt great about that because that that was just a very honest reaction to a quality soulful drum and bass record uh, and of course that that kind of continued and um, you know and the boys have gone from strength to strength so just before we put diamonds full on um, do you want to give a shout out to Loz because as we said he's a top a, man a super nice guy um, yeah that lots of twinkly sort of nice sounds in this in this track I think to be honest like you know in like in dipping through the record again recently mm. I was like you know I probably could have chosen a whole bunch yeah. of different tracks um, I guess it was just, you know, for me, it was one of a handful of sort of standout moments from that record that just that were just like super catchy, really well put together, though nicely layered. Um, cool to bring through someone like Loz as well. There's a number of collaborations across the record. Um, but yeah, you know, like it's just, you know, you, you can put it on now and kind of think that's a feel good piece of music, and I like that. Check it out.
Right, so after SV24, I'm going to jump right forward um, to talk about uh, another milestone release for us, uh, SV75, which is Soul Music 2020, mm-hmm. um, which is a um, very large compilation, uh, 20, 29 or 31 tracks, something mm-hmm. like that. <laughs> um, and I remember that started coming together right when um, sort of COVID started, um, which was an interesting time. And that was really when we first started talking about um, doing this this merger and, and, and partnership. Yeah, I remember it well. And um, that I think that's that's when the kind of you know connections the doors started to be open, etc. You know, big standout tune for me on on that one was the Blade Runner tune, "Don't Let Me Go," which sure. still gets a lot of hammer today, which is yeah, great. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, what well, are your, your memories of of um, Soul Music 2020? If the, if you have any, because um, it's you know the 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 green, yellow, and brown artwork stick out for me. We did that event in the cause uh, yeah, to yeah. celebrate the launch, which yeah. came down to. Well, I guess I guess that compilation was started brewing in 2019, you know, and like gradually sort of putting it together. And as we got into sort of the early part of 2020, and as you said, uh, the world sort of started changing mm. quite dramatically. And of course, also during that period, you know, yes, we were, you know, we because we've been talking about it for a while. We've been talking about potential collaboration between hospital and solvent. So I guess for that project, you know, as an A and R team, we maybe started to get a little bit more involved and sharing in some of the A and R. And you know, there, there, there were lots and lots of different pieces of music to listen to. Um, and you know, we I guess if anything during that project, we what we might have been sort of like prompting you guys a little bit throwing ideas at you like saying what about this or maybe about that why don't you give Dev Blade Runner a shout Mm. whatever it might have been of course we were like we were not wishing to um, get in the way we didn't want to like you know stamp ourselves all over this compilation we just wanted to um, support it Mm. wanted to encourage it wanted to maybe like you know challenge you a little bit you know like you know give you a little bit of a test like but what have you not thought of this or whatever that might be because that's that i guess that's that's what you do in an a&r situation whatever that A&R situation might be whether you're down the red lion or you know in the meeting room in there um you challenge each other you throw ideas around you know you try and think slightly outside of the box mm. um and so there was you know there were just multiple multiple ideas like you know just folding into this pot for the album um, and the tracks like you know the, the track that from there that I've selected you know of course I'll be completely honest is slightly nepotistic <laughs> um, but on a couple of levels because it's Black Lab and these are these are two lads from Las Vegas yeah. who I had got to know independently of Solvent you know, they've been sending me some demos and I thought they were, you know, they were working hard. You know, they had some bright ideas to bring to the table. I was also quite fascinated by the fact they're also in Las Vegas of all places, which seems really unusual for drum mm. and bass. Like LA, yes, Las Vegas, not so much. But, you know, so I was I was just attempting to, you know, keep in touch with them and, you know, offer the, them some encouragement. It maybe naturally got to the point where I was like sort of saying to me you know what why don't you like reach out to like the Solvent guys because I think they'd be really into the stuff you're doing it f- I think it fits uh, musically and stylistically what they're doing um, and so that you know Joe got in touch with them and they were they were knocking demos back and forth together and um, I believe 
the story is is that you know they said to Joe like well look do you know do you know any vocalists that could maybe like sit on a tune and some people might know that one thing that uh, my family have done for quite a few years now is we do an event called Simon Says at the Jazz Cafe yeah. which is a fundraiser for my brother Simon Joe's dad and it's basically like you know a musical event usually in March once a year we actually haven't of course haven't done it for two years because of covid but you know it became like a bit of a focus for i mean you know for you all times, of us yeah, like yeah, yeah. just 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 as an extended family good people coming together exactly enjoying music yeah coming together like enjoying music hanging out together raising money having a little mm. cry having one too many shandies but having a great night out as a very very collective musical experience the, the, the focus of that show has always been what we call the Wawa 45s players which is Tom Joe's older brother sort of MDing a band of, of Joe on drums and actually all of their friends who almost all of whom are professional musicians yeah. and it's a beautiful thing and it's been a beautiful thing you know since 2010 when we started this event and that band has just sort of been evolving you know, with maybe different members and maybe, well, beautifully for me, very selfishly, but then my oldest daughter, Erin, becoming involved as someone that plays second keyboards and also sings. And I think I'm right in saying that off the back of maybe just pre-COVID, we were very lucky. We did the very last Simon Says about a week before lockdown at the Jazz Cafe and had had a great night out. As usual, like, you know, Erin was playing keys, she did one lead vocal. And I think not long after that, like, Black Lab was saying to Joe, what about vocalists? And Joe's like, Erin, like, what about, do you want to do like a... And before you know it, you know, and of course I was encouraging her. And so she ended up doing this this little guest vocal on this track. Um, so I recognise that I can't really be objective about <laughs> it uh, because it's a bit emotional for me on a number of levels. <laughs> But I'm also proud of Black Lab. They're super nice guys. I've known them for quite a few years. They work hard. They're really good producers. The fact that they were kind enough to offer Erin an opportunity. Mm. She loved doing it. It's part of that album, which is a great, uh, as you say, like 30 track album yeah. for the label. Um, and the first time they'd worked with a vocalist, right? Yeah, right. So, yes. Amazing. And you know, like, and sometimes, you know, like sometimes I don't know, this is just, this is just maybe the way that things evolve. Um, it's not uh, you know it's not it's not written on a whiteboard somewhere in the office like by March 2020 Chris's yeah. eldest daughter must be on a, yeah. like things happen in organic, an honest organic way yeah. uh, if people want to work together but we're you know you and I are lucky to be in a big creative family where people pitch in mm. and sometimes you sort of stop for a minute you turn around and you go yeah let's just do this this is great yeah, uh, and hopefully that's a good example. And I think if um, Erin knew you were doing this and you didn't pick <laughs> this tune from <laughs> Soul Music 2020, she might yeah, have some words with you. Well, she has no idea that she has no idea that I've chosen it. And also today is actually her 22nd birthday. So oh, there you go. Happy birthday, darling! A birthday, <laughs> a birthday present for Erin, and a present for you all listening to Losing Touch by Black Lab featuring Erin Goss. Don't let it go I run my 
So, Chris, talking now about 
SV91, which can I, is... Can I just say, I love the numbers. Like, yeah. you know, the, the, the numbers are a complete anathema to me, but like... <laughs> number 74. Uh, uh, yeah. Um, I'm, it's like I'm drum a, and bass bingo. I'm a bit of a bat cat knowledge nerd, <laughs> <laughs> as, um, as, as Joe, Jack and Liam uh, well know. Um, maybe bring back the Solvent Christmas quiz, but maybe not. Um, right, so yes, SV91. Um yeah. Another female vocalist who uh, is very talented, uh, Ruth Royal, mm-hmm. um, taken from a Colours EP. Um, you selected the collaboration with Makoto entitled New Love, which I know Joe really likes this, and I, I really like it as well. Um, just another feel-good bit of music. You know, you look at someone like Ruth. Ruth has been absolutely smashing it for a couple of years now. Um, really satisfying to see an independent young woman carve her own path through this industry. Mm-hmm. Um, she's got amazing streaming figures. She works 24-7, super focused, great writer, amazing vocalist. Um, and yeah, I, I was delighted when I realised that she was going to do a release of Solvent. And you know she has many strings to her bow stylistically, but it felt to me like that kind of hookup with the Makoto was the most natural fit. Yeah. You know, he's one of the most, you know, he's like your consummate soulful drum and bass producer. You know, he's been doing his whole life, um, deeply understands the music, has, a, 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 has an intuitive love and understanding of rare groove and soul. He and I, share a very similar kind of record collection you know like we've just got all these kind of like common ground points of like oh yeah yeah what about that and like you know i can talk to him about so many different moments through 70s 80s 90s soul music and it's a really it's a beautiful combination the two of them you know um and and also like uh for vocal drum and bass there are there are vocal drum and bass tunes and then there are songs now it's not easy to write a song mm. um, and for me there's a big distinction between like you know like a, a, a no disrespect but like you know a, a vocal sample off Splice or like a top line and a full song you know a lot of people will know that for me and Tony like you know that's kind of our background um, from the days of working in the acid jazz scene and going out of rare groove parties you know, we're all about songwriting, really. Uh, Ruth, Ruth's got it. Yeah. You now she's a f- consummate songwriter. So it's really special to see that level of quality soulful drum and bass music on the label. I, I think I think it encapsulates the 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 sound I associate with solvent. I know over the mm. years we've kind of ebbed and flowed and. Someone asked me on an interview once, would you, you know, how, how do you describe the sound? And I would have said, you know, before, kind of a lot of liquid, right? But yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely broadened horizons over the years. But this one brought me back to um, kind of roots for me personally. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I, I really love this uh, song. And um, the video is great too. You should check it out on our YouTube channel. But I uh, encourage you to enjoy Roof Royal and Makoto New Love. Yeah, man.
Um, and if you didn't know, New Love's also had the remix treatment on the Solvent Meets Hospital album. But before we start... It's a strong link there, Mike. Yeah. It's a strong link. Great, great segue. <laughs> um, before we start digging into the remixes um, and, and the, the, the project itself... Um, keen to just talk to you a bit about this 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 merger, this partnership. Mm-hmm. Um, like, how does that how does that even become an idea? Like, um, who who claims the credit? <laughs> I guess I guess maybe um, some of this is an aspect of hospital as a company continuing to grow and look forward. We've always been, we've always been motivated to do new things and to test ourselves and to broaden like the remit of what we're doing, to you know broaden the landscape of of, of what we're involved in. And as some people would know, we used to have a label called Med School, which we ended up bringing to a close, and uh, because I think ultimately we just felt, rightly or wrongly, we felt after 13 years that maybe med school had kind of run its course and that's no disrespect to anyone involved in med school anyone behind the scenes or any of the artists but it just got to this point and we felt like we were possibly banging our heads against the wall slightly and as a result we drew a line under the label we brought a number of the artists into hospital but I think Tony and I knew that having done that give it 12 months I could have almost predicted that we would be looking for a second label opportunity of some respect. Mm. Because when you're involved in a label like a hospital, you, you have a finite number of opportunities. There's only so much you can do. There's only so much music you can release. And we release a lot. Yeah, we release music every week. Mm. Sometimes it's one track. Sometimes it's an EP. Sometimes it's a whole album. And it's a lot of work. But we, you know, we've got a fantastic team of people working in this building to enable that. But sometimes I think uh, creatively there's that urge to sort of think if we could have a second lane in which to just have another outlet. And when I say a second lane, I don't mean like a, I don't mean it, you know, in a sort of less significant or lower level. It's just like a second lane. It's a Mm. second lane in which to operate creatively because we're probably relatively secure in all the structures and the things that we're doing for hospital but to somehow be able to support and nurture and feed into something else was something that we're after a year later, of course, we were missing. So conversations started between myself and Tony and Josh and Craig, our other directors. And we were just sort of sharing ideas and, you know, challenging each other. And, you know, there wasn't any, anything definitive. But maybe, maybe there was like, you know, because of the history and the family connection and having, you know, sat alongside all of you for a number of years me personally that yeah I guess it was my it was ultimately my suggestion that shouldn't we maybe look at solvent Mm. solvent look like the right kind of shape and sound and energy and the right kind of people to invest in and it wasn't a mad dash for that you know we you know the four of us spent a long time you know batting this backwards and forwards and ultimately, you know, we, I'd like to think that we've relatively delicately sat down with all of you to say, look, this is an idea we've got. 
you you are very very welcome to just throw it back in our face you know this is not we're not we're not trying to muscle in on your territory mm. but also knowing just how hard it is to run a record label in 2020 let alone 2022 and we felt that we had the good intent to support and enable another brand I think that we're experienced enough to see how difficult it is to to make things work to make things work financially that we just kind of thought well maybe maybe this would be a good fit yeah maybe it would be a good fit for the four of you because ideally it would give you a bit of support and a bit of a slightly more elevated platform a bit more peace of mind if you like to stretch out to really sort of put some roots down to try and maybe invest in a few more artists a bit more long term have a bit more confidence just a bit more backing and a bit more structure because it's tough this is a very very tough business and when you're independent you know when it comes to I mean you know just doing the music and the visuals is hard enough and the promo let alone the events but when you as you know perfectly well you get into the finance the royalty accounting you get into the paperwork the contracts Mm -hmm. the metadata that's something that any label could do with uh, a support network for and that's what we offered that infrastructure piece you've got the majestic swan sailing (laughs) along with the feet underneath going like the clappers you know to keep it all running I mean hopefully but hopefully you know uh, we only ever wanted it to feel like um, the most sort of positive fit and I was I was quite clear with Joe in particular of course as my nephew just to say look I want you all to know this is not there's not any expectation from Mm. us at all this is an idea and one of the one of the things for me personally um, you know reflecting on when those initial conversations were happening I had this thing in the back of my mind just before that when we were you know we used to meet on a Monday night in the Ace Hotel or in the Red Lion in, in, in Leytonstone Ace Hotel that's a step up from the Red yeah, Lion yeah <laughs> well Ryan Ryan used to work there and you could get us meeting rooms for free so <laughs> shouts to Ryan on that one yeah man um, and, and I was was reflecting on this going it would just be great if, if someone could be doing this full time right because you know We'd, we'd meet on, on a weekly basis, get all the actions out onto the table and then go away and kind of do them and then rinse, repeat every week. Um, so that I, f- I felt like that was one of the next kind of evolutions we needed to take. And then also just thinking to, to, to kind of who did what and, who, and, and where people were in their kind of life curves. I think Joe was, was the perfect person to, mm. to come in and do that because he had a, you know, intimate knowledge of 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 all the creative side of things and you know some exposure to to what i'd I'd shown him and yeah it just he was the perfect person to Mm. to to do it yeah um so i'm 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 thankful for that you know you talked about the perfect storm of of the poland bryson album earlier i feel like this was another kind of perfect storm as well just to happen at the right time yeah, I hope so. You know, like it was, I, th- I think it was important that the timing worked for the four of you. It was important that the timing made sense, that the timing could key into, because, you know, all, all four of you do very different things, hmm. you know, between, you know, between Liam and Jack and Joe and you. So, you know, it's not as though, like if the four of you were working full time on Solvent, you know, you categorically wouldn't have, wouldn't have needed any investment or any sort of partnership. But as you know, it wasn't like that, you know, like, 
uh, I don't know, like the majority of drum and bass labels out there, I would I would guess at least 75% of the of the known drum and bass labels out, out there, they are done in people's spare time and they are done with integrity and passion and non-stop energy. But this business is hard and not many people can run a label and take a wage from it, mm. right? Yeah. And that's just as one person, yeah. let alone as four. Let alone as whoever, you know, however many we are. So, um, no, I think you're right. I think, I think hopefully, and that was another part. That was another part of why, why do it? It was, it felt like it was good timing for us, but crucially, I'd like to think it felt like it was good timing for Solvent. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, going from, you know, one release a month when I joined, I was like, we need to do more, we need to do faster. But, you know, having that kind of like rose tinted fan glasses on, not really knowing how much work is, is required to, <laughs> to to really um you know turn the tap on more yeah um so I, i've got a number of questions on the um solvent meets hospital kind of project but before we get into that should we have another tune um absolutely that's you, the idea. yeah you've you've selected your favorites from uh the the remix yeah. project um first one being the Hugh Hardy remix of I'm Free by Mountain featuring Kojo. Mm. Why did you pick this? Um, I mean, I was really happy to see the Mountain debut album come out SV on the 100. Um, there you go. Exactly that. You know the numbers. <laughs> um, and, you know, fair play to Mountain and to the label for supporting, you know, a very underground artist, you know, from Tokyo. Mm. You know, so, you know, it's... it. it in a way it shows everything that the label is all about um the Hugh Hardy remix is just something that adds some genuine crunch to the tune it's got that very cool Kojo vocal um but Hugh you know long-standing hospital artist who really knows how to just pull out all the right elements within a remix and make it sound right on the dance floor and it's it's just yeah it's really neatly delivered Shut up. 
So, Solvent Meets Hospital. Um, you mentioned earlier in the show that the B-Motion Reflections remix was a specific ask by Fred. Yes, right. Um, but as, as we were just talking off air, some of these questions about this project, I'm, <laughs> I actually don't know the answers to and I'm interested just <laughs> as a fan. Um, how do you arrive at you know, uh, a track list. And for anybody that doesn't know, you've been living under a rock, right? But this is two sets of back catalogues, you know, tunes from those. Solvent tunes remixed by hospital artists. Hospital tunes remixed by solvent artists. How, where do you even start? Because, you know, the hospital back cat is gargantuan compared to solvent one, right? But how do you, where do you even start on, on, on a track list for something like this? <coughs> so, good question. So, most important kickoff point is that this is always a collaborative conversation. So a hospital has uh, an A&R team of six people, and then you know for Solvent it's generally three, but often with some input from hospital. But so if you like, it was probably about eight people sat on Zoom, which is a bit depressing, but nonetheless. So the, so the kickoff point is it's it's starting from the title mm. what do you want that to be right so what do you want that to be we would we would as hospital we would look to leverage some of our experience to say it will be important for both labels to do quite a lot of the cherry picking if we just get in touch with every artist on both rosters and say are you up for it this project will take five years and will be pure chaos it needs it needs leadership and it needs steering it needs common sense and objectivity and it needs a shared creativity to ensure that it doesn't feel too safe yeah but it also has to be manageable it has to be realistic so as a for instance you know it's unlikely that you will maybe reach out to netsky or high contrast who they're are quite, they're quite busy. Quite big established <laughs> artists who are no longer sort of signed to the label and they're doing lots of other things. But in any case, that aside, I would say selfishly that what I would look for from a Solvent Meets Hospital album first and foremost is I want something that speaks to both labels in 2022. It's fun to be like, yeah, let's dig deep into 96, 2001, etc., etc., mm-hmm. you know, for Solvent you know into 2013 and all that kind of stuff which of course we did but we need to be mindful that the project needs to feel relevant and it needs to feel manageable and it needs to feel current and because Solvent is a much younger label realistically I think what we wanted to do as a team across both labels was let's let's try and see if we can cherry pick some of the most current aspects of both rosters um, I would like to dig deep into a couple of older tunes, but at the same time, if a lot of the tracks are relatively more recent, I think that's good. I think it's good for the marketplace. I think it's good for the audience. Um, because, you know, sometimes you will dig deep when you're doing like, uh, you know, an anniversary thing for a certain artist. Like if you're doing, I don't know, if you're doing uh, 25 years of London Electricity or something like that. But, you know, you're talking about, because it's solvent, it's eight years deep. Mm. relatively recent so let's not get too stuck in the past there's time for that absolutely of course and so 
you know, it's a collaborative conversation. It's it's a lot of back and forth between the A and R teams about what about that artist, what about this artist, what about these tracks. Make you make a short list of tracks, and you would say, well, objectively, you know, like you know, you have to feature those handful of tunes on this label, and you have to feature those handful of tunes on that. That's before working out who might remix them, right? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So you know, you probably start with some of the tracks. In doing so, you're also mindful of like who are the tracks by. Mm. Particularly on the hospital side, you know, you want it to be manageable. You want it to, you know, you want it to involve, a, you know, a breadth of different names, but you also want it to involve artists who you know are going to be uh, present and enthusiastic and keen for this to happen. Um, so you make a short list of tracks, you probably then make a short list of artists. And realistically, you then start reaching out to a whole number of artists on both on both labels saying, look, we're going to do this. Are you down? Do you want to be involved? Do you want to be involved to have your track remixed? Do you want to be involved to, to remix someone else's track? Pardon me. And um, I, I'm just looking. I mean, like there, there was quite a lot of swaps where, you mm. know, someone would have their track remixed and they would then go and remix someone else. But at the same time, of course, we also want it to, you know, we want it to be as as imaginative as it can be, so that it's not just I don't know, twelve artists remixing each other yeah. because that's too easy, yeah. right? That's just not exciting. Um, and you want it to kind of be unpredictable, and you want it to be diverse, and you want it to um, be current and forward thinking, and and you also and you need to be realistic. You know, you need to get it done getting remixes delivered um, is not always easy like Tilo and myself manage the remixes on hospital I mean I've, I've always managed the remix work for the roster and I do think that often people don't really understand what's involved um, with a big A&R team we can make a we can say yeah that's going to be amazing for instance it's going to be amazing to have Newtone remix butterfly effect yeah. But that's before we've even spoken to Newton. Yeah. Now, Dan, like any other artist on any label, might say, you know, I'm not really feeling it, or I'm just going on holiday for four weeks, or etc. right? Or, you know, Fred V might say, yeah, yeah, but when's it coming out? If the album's coming out in July, I've got a remix coming out in August and a remix coming out in September. So there are, there are practical reasons, there are commercial reasons, there are creative reasons. Um, and you multiply that by the number of people involved. Yeah. So, mentally. you know, but fortunately on our side, of course, we've done some of these things before. So, mm. we, we, you know, we have a sense of that. And hopefully we bring a level of objectivity and experience. Because, you know, no one wants this to kind of drag on and on. We want it to be efficient and we, w- and we want it to have energy. And we, want, and we want everyone to feel motivated by it. Um, so you know you're continually making a whole bunch of different decisions um, and different choices. It's not as easy as like that's what I want to do. Just go and make it happen. It's way way different mm. to that. Um, and also sometimes you know also if you're looking to remix older tunes, there might not be any stems, there might not be any parts to remix them, which can be an issue because if all you've got is a st- you know is a stereo mm. MP3 to remix, then you're not going to really be able to do much with it. I had a conversation with Jack about that. Um, when 
they were Polar and Bryson were doing the um, high contrast remix. Mm-hmm. I said this 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 record's like twenty years old. Like you know, is that a problem? The, the availability of the stems. Sure. And he was like, no, Lincoln just puts everything on DVDs. Like super super organised. Which and is you know which is great, but maybe sometimes quite unusual, especially yeah. when you're going back twenty years. Like exactly. it, you know, it, it's a nice idea, but like Lincoln and Tony are always good at that kind of thing. To be fair, not all of their contemporaries quite as organised <clears throat> these days. In more recent times, generally people are because they're more attuned to delivering acapellas and instrumentals, mm-hmm. and they're more attuned to thinking, yeah, but what about getting remixes done or, or whether I want to put up a remix competition on Beatport? There's all these kind of different things. But in the old days, it, it's a bit wobbly. Yeah. yeah. So you know, so, so there are some other practical reasons as well. Um, and then also, you know, you also need to, you know, you need to bring it in on budget and you need to bring it in on time. Um, plus, you also would like to have stylistically uh, a relatively broad uh, landscape of sounds you don't want it all to be firmly in one sort of lane all just very soulful vocal tracks or all super dance floor or very headsy or whatever it might be so you're also looking for that as well to deliver kind of like you know value and imagination to you know to both labels um, so, you know, it is, in terms of the album projects that any of us might work on, it's a lot more involved. Um, and there are many, many layers to it. Uh, and of course, well, what, sort of 24 or 30 different people involved. You've even got just like, the, you know, the approvals process, you get the remixes finished, then you've got to like get, if, if you've got Askel and Allaire remixing Winslow featuring Peep since and then there's four people that need to approve that mm. you know that's just one remix so there, mm. you know there's those aspects as well <laughs> yeah well um, you mentioned it it's great segue again we're great segues on this podcast <laughs> one of your selections was Winslow featuring Pete Simpson everything and more that's called an Allaire remix uh, yeah I just uh, enjoy, I enjoyed the original but then there was something about hearing um, Duncan's vocal on this remix which yeah. just refreshed it again for me I really yeah well, it. I mean it's Pete's, Pete's Pete and Duncan on, yeah. the, on the vocals but I think I think you know like there, there's a great example of when you get a remix delivered if you require a remix and you invite a remix don't do it for the sake of it hmm. don't do it just because you just want to get someone's name on there and like you know you need, you need to have as the uh, owning label or as the artist there needs to be some reason and some vision about why you're why you're inviting that particular artist to do it. And they're fantastic producers, Askel and Allaire, and they genuinely brought their own feel and their own identity to that remix, which should be part of the process. Mm. You know, if it's just putting a different drum track underneath the same acapella and chords, well, why bother, you know? Well, there you go. Winslow featuring Pete Simpson, everything and more. Ask on a Larry mix.
In this time and next time on a downtime in the future, I want to give you everything and this is proof here. You know the feeling sublime will never be lost for time. How many ways, how many times I prayed for love and then I found you And I believe that there's no one better for me I'll do my best just to please you I give you all that I am And loving you, I can see that I am truly loving me Right, that was uh, Winslow, Everything More, featuring Pete Simpson, the Asko and Lair remix. Um, so just continuing um, on the theme, um, talking about your memories of Solvent, um, we put a few events on over the years, mm. and um, I've seen you at a lot of them <laughs> wearing your Solvent t- or a, a Solvent t-shirt of sorts. Um, you know, so it's always been great to have your, your support, but you know, just give us some of your memories of... Um, solvent events past and then we can talk about well, some of the upcoming ones like just like literally as you were talking like one just occurred to me which I think I'm right in saying was the Polo and Bryson album launch at the Red Lion upstairs in Langstone yeah, yeah. and that's that. I mean that's just like that's just like classic solvent all over <laughs> which is like you know the function room which to be fair it's, it's, actually, space, yeah. it's a really classy function room it's like a ballroom for anyone that knows it in East London uh, the Red Lion in Langstone has this fantastic ballroom upstairs and uh, so there was, yeah, there was the, the, there was a launch party in that room, uh, which was packed, which was just like you know, super rowdy, super raw, but like very very genuine. Now, so I'm guessing that would have been 2016. 2016, yeah. Around the time of the of the album dropping. Actually, before that, uh, I didn't realise. Thank you for the link. I didn't realise that in January of that year. We did a we did a one-off event at the Ministry of Sound, uh, which was kind of um, it was showcasing um, Dolby Atmos, and Dolby Atmos is this like 3D wraparound sound that Dolby have created, and they installed a sound system in the Ministry of Sound in the main room, and they invited Tony, and along with actually also TC and Rezo, who pre-mixed some tracks, especially for that set to kind of DJ in 3D Dolby Atmos in the main room of ministry, which is quite, quite a big deal. And we wanted to do like a second room, and I think it's what they call the baby box, which is like, you know, you, you come out of the main room, then there's a long bar. And at the end of the bar, you walk through to like, what's a really sort of cool room, probably hold about two, 300 people. And we put Solvent Records in there. So what, two years in, maybe three years into the label 
uh, getting up and running. And um, so I think it was Polar and Bryson, Data 3, Galaxy, Faction. Mm. And I just remember going in and kind of having to climb in, just climb through the crowd to get in, which is always a good sign. Yeah. And eventually find my way. I think in that room, like the, the, the in fact, the DJ booth is, is to the side of the bar on the back wall. Uh, and it, at that point, to me, it, it it felt really, really special because the vibes in the room were amazing. But it was quite clear to me at that point that there was a whole bunch of people there that knew all about the label, which I hadn't at that point really taken on board. January 2016 like I know the guys are up and running working hard I know the Polar and Bryson album is coming in the spring or what, summer whenever it was but like at that point the start of the year like, wow, okay jeez this is like this is quite a thing um, and it yeah that was like that was a really sort of formative uh, moment and uh, uh, the one other that I guess I would mention is when um when we did our first hospitality in the park in Finsbury Park yeah and we'd put everything together and obviously you know Jack and Joe being who they are were like what about us and I was a bit like <laughs> what about you like mate like this is the most expensive show of my entire lifetime and you want a stage not, like, not the time to ask for the nepotism card you know yeah. and like but they you know fair play they found this like you know drivable portable DJ van like an mm. old uh, VW camper I yeah. think called it the soul van the side of which sort of opened up and had a booth inside and called it the soul van and uh, and it was like at the back of the at the back of the park not far away from the main entrance so it was actually a good location although it's kind of there with like a little system outside it and the system wasn't huge but of course like you know halfway through the afternoon it's absolutely going off you know That's close to the entrance wasn't yes, it, I think, yeah, to remember, yeah, yeah, yeah. because you had it the next year in 2017 as yeah. well so like you know like stuff like that you know it's just it it's what for me are some of those really like formative years mm. you know um, and and then also to be fair like actually like the, the the first of the most recent set of shows that you did at Pickle Factory January uh, this year the, the first one when it was like like the first show back for Solver yeah, for probably yeah, yeah. two years yeah um, you know with Ruth uh, with Pat and Bryson with Inmost Inmost um, and Vision OB and like, and like and it's great you know like again like just just super spontaneous very vibey very busy um, no nonsense great sounds great music and you know you need you need those events all of us need them you know doesn't require lots of production doesn't require confetti cannons it just requires good people in a good space listening to great drum and bass and you're like yeah yeah this is this is why we do it now now that we've been talking about it i don't know why part in, in my mind somewhere i had this this conception that you know we don't actually do that many events but you know we've rattled off a few there mm, yeah absolutely um, first time i think i met you was at the fourth birthday in red lion yeah yeah we've done fabric twice we've done shows you know in in um Croatia, yeah, done boat party in 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 Albania, um, and the stage obviously. So actually, reflecting on it, you know, we do actually do a decent chunk of shows, and <laughs> and it'd be remiss of us not to plug the um, show we got coming up on Saturday, twenty third. 
of yes, July. Yes, indeed, absolutely. Weekend in the Woods warm-up at Studio 338. Coming up, actually, in a few days. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and, you know, nicely tying in um, on, a, on a bit of the lineup with the album, we've got Mountain, who's just moved over from Japan to work on his music for two years. And that, I know Joe was interviewing with Pale Blue on Represent Radio the other day, and he was saying that that's actually another kind of milestone or bucket list moment. You've got an exclusively signed artist absolutely. moving you know, halfway around the world to, to work on music. Yeah, for he'll sure. Be, he'll be doing back-to-back with Hugh Hardy, and we've got um, B-Motion joining us to, to do a back-to-back with Fred V, and we've got some other uh, amazing back-to-backs as yeah, well. Yeah, man, it'd be great. Yeah, so, um, right, after that kind of trip down memory lane on, on <laughs> events, um, we're going to do another uh, trip down memory lane uh, on in, in terms of this album to, to one of our... Perhaps more iconic tunes in the back catalogue, um, Butterfly Effect from mm-hmm. Galaxy, mm. um, featuring Hugh Hardy and Vision Obi. Um, shouts to Hugh and Rich, because they're super nice guys. Um, remixed by, you know, a big player. The daddy. Uh, the big daddy Newtone, as um, <laughs> Joe, Joe calls him. Um, so, I don't know if people know, but for as long as I've known and been involved in the label, Dan's mastered all of our... Uh, or, or the vast majority of our tracks. Mm, mm. Um, so was it w- was it easy to to get the this butterfly effect and new tone pairing for the album? Was it? Yeah, it was because you know Dan um, Dan is just you know a key part of the fabric of this company. You know we have worked together for almost twenty years. Um, you know, he's he was basically the leading light of that entire Cambridge movement in the early 2000s. Um, Dan came on board as you know, as as a member of the team, sort of officially in 2014, when Tom Kelsey uh, left the company and so sort of departed the A&R team. So Dan filled that uh, very large pair of shoes that Tom left. Um, you know, Dan is a very, very unique individual within the, within the company, within the roster. You know, I kind of liken him to Gandalf because it's not easy for other artists to be A&R'd or spoken to about by a fellow artist, mm. right? You know, instinctively, it might feel like, you know, a bit competitive, a little bit aggy, a little bit awkward. But because of the way that Dan is and the way that Dan carries himself and that he has that mild-mannered, articulate professionalism, thoroughly objective. He's a real fan. He has no agenda. You know, he's that kind of guy. Um, he's not trying to get above you on a lineup. He just wants the best for your music, and that's a very, very unique and special quality. So he's, you know, he's really special for us as a, as a music family, and he and I have done a lot of remixes together by which I mean, you know, I've been able to, over the years, you know, be I've been lucky to kind of channel some offers for him and he's delivered some, you know, really special moments from like, you know, Adele to Birdie to uh, Emily Sanday to, you know, it just goes my, on and my on. My favourite re- new tone remix is um, Special by Billen. I mean, yeah, like, but he, you know, he, he has this breadth of understanding of music um, and I think one of the things that I like the most about Dan is that it, it's often it's just one or two elements that you haven't thought of before similar to the Butterfly Effect remix 
it's just that little synth line and that bouncy bass and you're just like yeah yeah of course Quite it's almost like sometimes yeah. like oh yeah like I get it you know um, he doesn't overcomplicate things and it's so much of it is about feel and instinct and emotion and um, you know he's just he's just simply one of the most reliable consistent artists that we've ever worked with wow well I don't think I can introduce it any better than that. This is <laughs> Butterfly Effects, the new tone remix. Thank you. 
So, Chris, we did touch on events. Um, we mentioned the uh, Studio 338 event on mm-hmm. the 23rd of, uh, of yeah. July, which is the warm-up for Hospitality Weekend in the Woods. Um, but just before we get to that, um, we've obviously had Hospitality on the Beach return after two years of, of, of not being there, Yeah. Um, which is you know, quite emotional, um, certainly for me. Um, what what I think what everyone needed after two years of not being able to do it. Um, <laughs> what 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 are your reflections on on, on Albania? On I Albania, mean, yeah. you know, Albania was a lot. Albania was um, you know a fantastic achievement. It was quite a lot of work. It was um, quite a challenge in many respects, as as so many people that supported us and came out no it's it's not the easiest country to work in um and the transport you know to get there you have to really want to get there to get there you know it's not just like a Ryanair flight to Mallorca and you're raving in 20 minutes Mm. but that's why it's special with places like this with places like you know the Albanian coastline there's a reason why it takes four and a half hours to drive there in a bus because it's unreal you know I've never really seen anything like it and I categorically believe that in, in all the shows that we've done in 21 years, it's the best looking, best sounding show I've ever ever been involved in. You know, the, the drama of the mountains, the ocean, the sand, the, you know, the coastline is, is really special. Um, we're also very blessed that there's no sound restrictions. So the way that you're able to actually design sound for all those different spaces. I mean, you know, for it's a first in my career when DJs were coming up to booths kind of saying, could you just like turn it down a little bit? <laughs> um, wow. So that's a good lesson. Yeah. Um, but it was really, really special and it was a lot of work and I know that it wasn't perfect and I know that there were a lot of things that we want to improve about it. But I'd like to think that overall the experience, the creative content, the music and sound, the, the, the weather, um, was really, really unique and really special. Um, so, of course, all the events team are working really, really hard on our beach for next year. Um, and, um, yeah, we're looking forward to, a, you know, an even better show next summer. Yeah. Well, the, the shows keep on coming thick and fast. <laughs> and and um, not long after the show on Saturday, we've got uh, Weekend in the Woods making a return. Yeah. Um, more hard work for... A yourself and all the people sat out there um what are you looking forward to uh, most about well we were very very blessed that we were able to actually deliver a debut weekend uh, in the woods in september last year mm. you know most of us know that of course 2021 was still very very tough and shows only gradually came back online in july of that year into august and there was lots of uncertainty and a lot of covid and so it was for all sorts of reasons, that debut weekend was just, you know, it was kind of a little bit all over the place, but my main takeaway from that show was that it actually just felt like a reunion. After um, such a long time away from shows and such a long time away from big shows, to be able to, I mean, I've, I've never done so many steps in my life because I spent both days just constantly walking mm. between stages because I kept looking at my Woov app thinking, I want to go and see DJ Hype and say hello. I want to go and see Particle and say hello. I want to go and see Marky. I want, you know, and, and I mean that in a genuinely positive way of, I'm just looking at the 160 artists across two days 
just wanting to say hello how you doing thank you for being involved thank you for supporting it's great to see you you know i didn't get much more than about 10 or 15 minutes at any one stage because you know in that scenario i'm fortunate enough to be able to just do that and kind of go hello mate how are you hello ruth hello veridity you know you name it and just kind of go (laughs) this is great and the that collective feeling of being together for two days was the most unifying experience. This September, you know, we're in a very different place this year. 2022 is not easy for shows. No. Let's just be real for a minute. 2022 for the live sector is tough. And a lot of us know that shows this year, festivals, clubs, but particularly festivals are really hurting. It's, um, of course, we are enduring um, a cost of living crisis, which is not going to go away anytime soon. Um, there is still COVID. Uh, there is certain there's uncertainty within the, the the live sector, so it's a, it's it's a real challenge this year. And so, for many of us, I think the biggest thing that we can do is deliver a proof of concept and just deliver a show again. Um, and I do, you know, like a lot of my friends in the live industry, I really look forward to a time when we can take a breath and get back to, you know, 2018, 2019, when it felt for so many of us, like, you know, things were just flying. Yeah. Shows were so strong and um, the scene was so vibrant. And, you know, from city to city, across Europe, festivals, New Zealand, North America, things were so good. And let's be honest, we're still recovering. Yeah. You know, we're still recovering. So, you know, the weekend in September will um, will be special for all sorts of reasons. Uh, I'm really, really looking forward to it. I'm crossing fingers that everything goes well because we've still got a lot of work to do to get there. Um, and that's all the events team, our, our production partners, the local council, let alone the artists, everyone, all the production staff working on the show. It's such a massive uh, commitment from so many people um, that it will be, it will just be another sort of market in the ground to get to that Saturday, Sunday. Fingers, fingers crossed we have nice weather. Fingers crossed it doesn't rain. Mm. Um, I don't think it's going to be 38 degrees, which is probably a relief. Yeah, that would be a good thing. Um, but yeah, you know, it's just, it's just another moment to come together and hopefully just share in the music that we all love and have a great couple of days together you use the word reunion it definitely felt like that last mm. year and I, and I feel that it's only going to be even stronger this this time around. yeah man i hope so yeah, yeah. Um, and we are going to be doing a union with flex out for our stage on the on the sunday yeah indeed and we've got halogenics and 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 skeptical um coming on as as, as part of our lineup which is again pretty sort of like as a fan you know pinch yourself moments to be seeing that um you know with your little label logo on 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 the fly with those yeah, yeah, those names under it and and a whole host of uh, of other important names and that stage that we had in in uh, hospitality in the woods last year um was was basically full all day it was it was yeah, amazing yeah. and it yeah, was a nice special. little intimate kind of mm-hmm. um setting there uh, yeah if 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 we if it can be you know half as good as that last as last year it will be pretty special um so as we we're kind of getting towards the end of the show um we're going to go into your penultimate pick from the album now mm-hmm. um which is a Poe and bryson remix i mean we had to have a remix from them on this <laughs> on this project right um and they've uh, remixed don't wake me up by 
Bop and Subwave? Yeah, um, I have to say, like, you know, like, you know, we're just talking about Albania. One of the special moments for me about Albania was that both yeah. Alex Bop and yeah. Gleb Subwave were able to get to Albania from Russia. And they are really, really special people. Uh, I always tell everyone, you know, in my opinion, Alex Bop is just a genius, hands down, musical mm. genius. I've never really met anyone like him. The things that he's been able to create and deliver over all the years that we've worked together. He just has a, an entirely unique perspective on electronic music. The coming together of him and Subwave is really special. You know, Gleb, we w released some of his early tunes. Future Sound of Russia. Uh, I shouldn't really guess at a date. I want to say 2008, but I don't <laughs> really know. You, you'll probably be able to work it out later. But... Um, so to be able to go all the way to Albania and then see them, I haven't seen them for three years. And in a way, they are, they are a really good example for me of why I go to work and why I give a shit. Because they're not dance floor artists, they're not in the drum and bass mainstream, they're quite left of center. But they give me optimism and energy for the evolving landscape of this music mm. they have their own vision they have their own motivation for what they're doing they're very very clear about the things that they really want to express and it's exciting to work with artists like that even if you know objectively this is an underground project we've basically got you know we've we've got their uh, bop and subwave album due out in hospital it's likely to now land in January 23, you know, we were ready to actually bring that through this summer, but as you would know, and many other people will appreciate, because of the conflict and distress mm -hmm. uh, and awfulness happening in Ukraine and the knock-on effect to Russia, it was simply not the right time to do that. And being very honest, the guys just reached out to me and said, please, can we just delay that? We just can't really handle this right now. They were too upset by everything that was going on and I don't believe I'm speaking out of turn to say this. Um, and they are Russian artists and I will militantly support them, mm. right? Because they are beautiful individuals making great music who are appalled by what's happening in Ukraine like so many other sensible people mm. globally. Absolutely. But they're also affected by it because, you know, they they are living in that country and there is a lot to deal with something that I couldn't begin to describe because I have no sensible understanding of it but simply as their friend and as their fan um, it's really really important to me that as a label we stand up and we celebrate who they are creatively and this has been within 2022 that's been really really challenging because we've had to We've had everything set up and we've wanted to get ready for it, but then we've delayed it. But we've, we've done that in conjunction with them, listening to what they wanted us to do. But for this project, you know, uh, Don't Wake Me Up is a, a standout moment from one of their early EPs. Mm. And I, to be honest, I believe that, in fact, another example, like Jack specifically said to me, I really want to remix that. And me and Taylor were like, yeah, man, absolutely. That would be amazing. Uh, it's a beautiful remix that I'm starting to hear out quite a lot which makes me very, very happy. Um, yeah. But, I'm, you know, I'm really, really proud of them, you know, in the same way that I'm proud of Jack and Harry, but, but, but Bop and Subwave are fundamental hospital artists for me in terms of 
how we can ensure that what we offer to the world is imaginative, creative and forward thinking. There you go. Bop on Subwave, Don't Wake Me Up. It's the Polo and Bryson remix. Right, as we get to the end of the show, um, we couldn't play all the tunes from the remix album because no one would buy it, right? Um, But just wanted to kind of close the show by asking you where you see this this 
after this project, this remix project, where you see this partnership, this merger, this whatever you, you know, want to call it, um, going in the future? And yeah, where, where, where do you see it going? I mean, the first, you know, the first port of call for that for that question is what you and the Solvent team are looking to achieve. Because the whole reason to do something like this is to be collaborative. It's not for us to just sort of arrive, you know, at a meeting on a Wednesday morning and go, right, this is how it is, lads. Because what's the point in doing that? Mm. You know, you, you want to be stimulated and motivated to get stuck in and to be ambitious. You know, I, I have every expectation, you know, from knowing all of you that Solvent has a range of ambitions about what it wants to achieve in five or ten years. Mm. And it's not important whether we actually know what they are just yet. For me, it should start with the creative ambition. It's, it's, it's not... I don't think it's really necessarily helpful to sort of just think in terms of like, how big can our merchandise range be? Mm. Or can we do shows in Manchester by next year? Yeah. I feel like it should and must stem from what the creative intentions of the label are and what the label's artists are. So as you're, as you're bringing on board artists like Askel and Allaire and Mountain and, and Inmost and, 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 in most and Visionobi and, and like all these kind of people that you're looking to work with, it's like the whole point is that it's a conversation between label and artists. There might be an expectation that, la- that, that, that artists all want to do three or four albums, but they might not you might kind of wake up one day and they're like actually do you know what I don't want to do any more albums I want to do a series of mini discs that are you know basically posted out in a jiffy bag from Reykjavik on a Tuesday like we just don't know yet Yeah. and that's kind of the fun bit it's meant to be inspiring and it's meant to be invigorating and we're meant to we're meant to do this collaboratively, collaboratively with our artists as we move forward so I'd always want to I'd want to focus on the the creative side both musical and visual and and you know other creative content around that mm. but it's like what are the artists looking to do and how does the label look to inspire that and elevate that there are so many associated activities that yes you know what I'm like with this collaboration with hospital within reason we can enable some of those because you know we, we have 26 years experience etc etc but I would only ever look for Solvent to continue to establish its own voice mm. because it's essential. You and the guys, I imagine, want Solvent to be able to stand up on its own two feet. Yes, it's part of the hospital group, but it's very much its own company, its own label to kind of feel like this is who we are. This is what we're expressing. This is what this is what we're really wanting to do musically. Um, and it will be a partnership in these next sort of couple of years about how we try to work together to try and enable some really good shit. Yeah. And, you know, we don't have to reinvent the wheel, but at the same time, you know, we can probably come up with some new ideas, some different release formats, some different strategies. I would like to think that we will continue to evolve the roster make it more diverse make it more international because there's so much strength within that um but yeah outside of that you know i don't think i have any you know the thing is like you know me and Tony, like you know we never wrote a business plan 
and I don't say that flippantly. You know, like we yeah. never, we never sort of like when, yeah. But so like by 2000, we'll have done this, and by 2004, we'll have achieved. Like we didn't know what we were doing, but I do think we knew what we were doing musically. And and I think that's you need to put your best foot forward in that sense, right? The point mm. point the creative people at doing the creative stuff, and the rest will follow, right? I, yeah. You know, you talked about you mentioned Craig, and I'll, I'll get on well with Craig. You know, doing the non-differentiating functions mm. is just something that enables the other people to to stick to what they're good at, right? Yeah. And, and I think that's what really chips away at the edge and and mm. and, and breaks the new ground and yeah. Does the and good you know, things. Like, you know, like it's a good, you know, it's a good example because, like, you know, staff teams are a massive part of all of this. Mm. You know, the solvent team is relatively small, but then again, it plugs into the bigger hospital group. And you know, I've known now from experience, I've been blessed over many, many years to bring in so many smart, talented uh, team members who challenge me, who develop areas of the business, who expand different departments. Uh, and that's another part of it. For me, it's always about the artists, but a very close second to that is the team that you work with. And that could also be, you know, it doesn't necessarily n- need to be the team that's literally in the same uh, podcast room as you. Mm. It could be, cl- you know, collaborative partners internationally that could come about through festivals, come, come about through events, or a residency somewhere, or a bit of sponsorship, you know. Um, you know, we're, I, I guess with Solvent, you know, we're in that, you know, hopefully we're in that sweet spot now where it's all to play for. And the next couple of years will be fairly fundamental in defining exactly how that evolves. Thank you, Chris. Um, I hope that you as, as listeners have enjoyed um, a little trip down memory lane and also, you know, maybe you've learned some things that you didn't know before. Um, you've certainly uh, been able to dig into Chris's selections from our uh, back cat and also some of his favourites from the Solvent Meets Hospital remix album, which is out on the 29th uh, of July. Double vinyl CDs as well for the car. Um, we look forward to seeing you at Studio 338 on the uh, 23rd of July. And we also look forward to seeing you at Hospitality Weekend in the Woods uh, in September. Thank you very much for listening to and watching episode 50 look forward to seeing you in episode 51 thank you very much peace